teaching lesson, a lot of information, a good topic on the nature and function of the Holy Spirit. I've taught about the Holy Spirit in detail, covering many of these points on several different occasions, probably three times. This may be about the fourth time um, I've done it in uh, the youth group, in young adults. I've, I've preached on a topic very similar uh, to this before, and so uh, it's not necessarily new to me. But getting back in the swing of things, I thought it was a good place to start. And on this topic of the Holy Spirit and the function of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of confusion on this topic among believers. Maybe if you've been in uh, a good fundamental church for a long time, you probably just say, oh, it's just the Holy Spirit, and you can rattle off maybe why it's important and you know the facets of it. But you would be surprised about how many believers don't have a good grip on what the Holy Spirit is and really what the Holy Spirit does, and which leads to actually a lot of false teachings and a lot of misconceptions about what the Holy Spirit actually does. And there's definitely widespread confusion. In, a lot of, in many independent Baptist circles as well, we tend maybe to not even talk about it as much because some denominations overly talk about it. And that can be the tendency to not mention and not talk about the Holy Spirit as much as maybe we probably should. And I'm talking about uh, maybe fundamental churches as a whole, not necessarily Gospel Baptist Church. Um, but we all, many of you come from a variety of different uh, places and backgrounds. You may know what I'm talking about. And uh, many of these misconceptions about the Holy Spirit have to do that the Holy Spirit is, is not an actual person, not a personality is that the Holy Spirit is just some sort of an essence or just some sort of a, a power or a force of God. But that's not the way the Bible explains it. And I hope uh, by the end of the lesson, I, you see how much of this is? We're not going to be able to touch it all, but maybe we'll be able to do it in the future. But I hope even as we go through uh, what we get through tonight, that it will give you a more clear understanding um, about who the Holy Spirit actually is. And so as they think of him as maybe in essence, I mean, some people, they view the devil as, oh, he's not an actual person. It's just like a bad and like a bad entity. That's not true. It's an actual person, just like the Holy Spirit is an actual person. And so many Christian denominations that that have false teaching about the Holy Spirit are Latter-day Saints, uh, Oneness Pentecostals would be definitely Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, the belief about the Trinity goes hand in hand with these topics as well. And people, for some reason, really like to argue. People that believe that the Holy Spirit is just, you know, an essence or a power or that it's not part of the Trinity. For some reason, I've, I've come to know that people that hold this view really like to just argue about it. I don't know why. I don't know if you've run into that before as I have. A few years ago, we had Pastor Moon uh, in the office. I remember him getting some call and... and uh, it was just some guy randomly called and, what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? I mean, why are you calling? I mean, just some random guy. Who knows? Is he just going through the phone book, yellow pages, whatever it was, looking for churches and calling them? What do you believe about the Holy Spirit? I don't know. And he got off and him and Marty, you know, went at it for about five minutes and just ended up with, I don't know if they hung up on each other or what happened. But man, man, it's important that we have answers for individuals. I think we ought to always be ready to give an answer. 
that anyone that asks us, I think ignorance is not an excuse. Almost everybody that I see in here has been in church, has been a Christian uh, for quite some time, and it's not the, an excuse just to say, ah, I don't really know, I don't really have a good answer. I think it's important that we know the scripture, and also, it's not just important for the, for the preachers to know that, and the deacons of the church, but it's also important for the average person, because when false teachers come in here and spread false doctrine, it's important that we all are ready uh, to give an answer and help uh, defend the truth of the Bible. The first part I want to look at about the nature and function of the Holy Spirit is the personality of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's difficult to define personality when we're talking about divine beings and God we would all agree that God cannot be measured with human standards. And we try in our, in our human minds, in our limited minds, to try to describe God in those ways. But that can often lead down a bad road. And God was not made in the image of man. It was the other way around. Man was created in the image of God. And so there are some similarities there, but uh, we can't take it straightforward on it, for sure. And it's said that personality may exist when there is found intelligence, emotion, volition, self-consciousness, and self-determination in a single individual. So here are some possible explanations for these misinterpretations, why people may believe, and some come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is just an essence or just a power. How do they come to that conclusion? Well, some places in the Bible, it seems, the Holy Spirit seems impersonal. It seems impersonal, and I think we'll agree with that. We'll look through uh, maybe some examples in a few moments. Uh, the visible creation that we see with our eyes, it helps us understand that God, God the Father, is real, because we can see that. The incarnation, definitely, we would be able to say, yes, well, Jesus Christ is an actual person. But when we come to the Holy Spirit, it doesn't always, and I hate to use this word, but feel, feel the same when we read it. And so uh, William Evans, who wrote the great doctrines of the Bible, he says this, the acts and works, workings of the Holy Spirit are so secret and mystical, uh, so much is said of his influence, grace, power, and gifts that we are prone to think of him as an influence, a power, a manifestation, or influence. Uh, or the divine nature, an agent rather than a person. Let's continue on with this. Some possible misinterpretations of this are some of the names and symbols that are used for the Holy Spirit, breath, wind, uh, power, fire, oil, like uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, and water as well. John 3, 6 through 8 is an example of it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit uh, is spirit. And skip down to verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Those verses, now remember, I'm getting to the place where we're going to examine Scripture as a whole, not just in these isolated incidences which get people in trouble. And so if you read these by themselves, you may come to the conclusion that that's possibly the way the Holy Spirit is. Some more, Acts 2, uh, 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all uh, in one accord. You know the joke about the Honda, they were all in one, okay, okay. 
Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as one of a rushing mighty wind. And it lit, some of you just got that. Um, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire and it sat upon each of them. We all know these verses, I believe, because most of you are all on the Bible reading board and you read your Bibles. But uh, for those that may be watching or not as familiar, again, I mean, the spirit appeared as cloven tongues. Uh, remember, uh, they spoke in other languages. That's what the word tongues there means. And again, it, it can give across the appearance of an influence rather than a person. Also, uh, the Holy Spirit is not always associated with the Father and the Son in the New Testament. An example in 1 Thessalonians 3, uh, now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct, you, direct our way unto you. Uh, that's one. Also, a uh, word or name for spirit uh, is neuter in the Greek, meaning it you know, doesn't, is not uh, referred to as uh, male or female. Some examples of neuter words would be like apple, car, house, ice cream, you name it, all those things, and which some denominations take these ideas and they run with them without examining them uh, with other uh, areas of Scripture, which we'll do. And so we've seen how people can be led to these misconceptions, but we're going to look at here why the Holy Spirit is an actual person and not a force. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Because he possesses and exhibits attributes of a person. He has intelligence, as we mentioned, uh, a genuine personality, possesses intelligence, feelings, will, um, a few other things that we listed, but those pretty much summarize uh, all of them. And again, I'm going to use scripture to show you this and not Chris Barrow's personal opinion. This is going to be scripture to help um, show this. Maybe some of these things uh, write down. Maybe it'll help you share with others. There are some great resources. I probably used uh, four or five different resources when uh, going through this material. Be happy to share those with you uh, at some time if you're interested and want to go down a little deeper into this topic. But the Holy Spirit possesses intelligence. He knows and searches the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.10, the last part of the verse, the Spirit searcheth all things. He also, he has a mind. And again, an influence or an essence does not have a mind. Romans 8, 27b, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. He's able to teach people. 2 Corinthians uh, 2.13, But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. And many of you know those verses, memorized them, and studied them. Some more. He shows feelings as well. He can be grieved by the sinful actions of believers in essence, or just some power is not going to be grieved, but a person can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. I have no idea why it says he has a mind. I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. He possesses. Again, the attributes of a person. He has a will. He, he uses this in distributing gifts to the body of Christ. That's the saved uh, believers. And 1 Corinthians 12, 11, But all these worketh that one in the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So he has a will, and he distributes his gifts. He directs the activities of Christians as well. We see this in Acts. Uh, now, when they had gone throughout Pygra, 
and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And so he directs uh, individuals. We'll look at some more things here as we go on. He exhibits the actions of a person. He guides us into truth by hearing, by speaking, by showing. These are Jesus' words in John uh, chapter 16. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Does that sound like an essence or a person to you? Person. We would all agree with that. He convicts of sin. Again, in John 16, a few verses uh, prior. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Moving on. He performs miracles, which is another action. And when they were come out, come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. He intercedes for us. Uh, Romans 8.26, we read the following verse a few moments ago. The Spirit itself helpeth our infirmities. And when we aren't sure how to pray, the Holy Spirit makes up the difference for us. When we pray in our own human finite minds, the Holy Spirit helps making intercession with us uh, with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Okay, and moving on now to the third reason is that there we go. He receives ascriptions that would be uh, given only to a person. He is one to be obeyed. And it says in Acts 10, 19, and 20, While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Again, this is the Holy Spirit speaking specifically to Peter, which we can conclude that the Holy Spirit is not just an essence, but an actual person. He can also be lied to. He can be lied to. We know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And it says, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? I believe the scripture is very clear on this. There's no denying whatsoever the Holy Spirit uh, is a person. He can be resisted as well. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. And he can be blasphemed. And the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. There was an interesting thing I read about Webster's Dictionary talking about blasphemy. And blasphemy is something that can only be done uh, to God. And so not only does this uh, show that he has a personality, but it also gives evidence uh, to the three-person trinity, that the Holy Ghost is also deity uh, as well. And then, as we finish up with this, he can be insulted. And you can see down there, underline that bottom one just for emphasis, and thou hast done despite unto the spirit of grace, which if you look up the meaning of the word despite, it means to insult. And so all of those things are evidences that the Holy Spirit is a person. So how does he relate to other people? How does he relate to other people? Well, to the apostles, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these uh, necessary. And so the Holy Ghost, of course, is a distinct individual, as well even to Jesus. Jesus didn't say that the Holy Spirit was 
just a power from him or a power from God. He referred to the Holy Spirit as a separate uh, person. And so he's, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. If we don't get this far in the lesson today, which I doubt we will, it's important to make note of that last part where uh, a lot of these cults and other groups, and particularly Pentecostals, have, and even some new evangelical churches, have taken uh, the worship of the Holy Spirit um, to another level that it shouldn't be. The Holy Spirit is not wanting our worship. What's he supposed to do? He shall glorify me. And so our worship, he's going throughout the world, convicting the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment, and he is pointing people to Jesus. And Jesus is the one that is worthy of our worship, again, having to do with the different roles of the Trinity. How he relates to other people, to the Trinity, we see in Scripture here the difference uh, between the three parts of the Trinity and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be, be with you all. Amen. A little salutation there. And again, to his own power that he is uh, distinct of that. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. There's a distinction even between himself and the power that he has. Not that he is the power, but that he has power. And it's important to make note of that uh, as we finish up with that. So some grammatical considerations to think of as we go through this. Again, I remember, I did tell you beforehand, this was just a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. But I hope you're grasping uh, the, simple, the simple point, not getting bogged down in all the little nitty-gritty details, which I'll be happy to share with you. Um, and you can even send you my notes at a separate time if you're interested. So the last section of this about the Holy Spirit being a person is some grammatical uh, considerations that we should go over. An example is in John chapter 16, verses 13 and 15, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, he is using masculine pronouns. So it says here, as I underline there, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. After we read just that one passage there, do we come across, after reading that, that the Holy Spirit is a thing or that he is a person? We would absolutely, 100% confidently say, Yes, the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing, or not in it, as we would have expected Jesus to refer to the Holy Spirit if, if uh, he was not a person. Some other grammatical considerations as well that we must take into, um, into knowledge here. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Heraclitus, that he may abide with you forever. That same word, by the way, used for comforter here, is actually the same word um, in, I believe it's 1 John 2, when it talks about if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And that the word advocate there is actually, I believe, the only other time that that word is used. And so it helps us kind of get the idea when talking about comforter, 
to relay that word advocate as well, which is important. Uh, and then even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, uh, because he seeth him, uh, it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be uh, in you. The masculine noun. And when Jesus was telling this to the disciples, he was saying, I am your comforter at this moment, but I am going to send another comforter to you. He was not saying that when I leave, you're going to experience comfort. He was relaying to the disciples that I, I, an individual, am leaving, but another individual, another comfort, comforter will be with you. And that, of course, is the Holy Spirit. Hope you see the distinction there between them just being comforted and that a comforter, an advocate, if you will, is going to be there with them. As we, we may be able to hustle through this next part really quick about the Holy Spirit being a deity, and then we'll have to come to a conclusion uh, for this lesson after that. The Holy Spirit is not only a person, but he's also deity, meaning that the Holy Spirit uh, is God. And proofs that the Holy Spirit is has a personality or is a person does not guarantee that he is deity. But when we look at he is deity, it also gives evidence that if he's deity, he must be a person as well. And the, the, the denial of the Holy Spirit being God or being deity is actually really nothing new. Um, Arias of Alexandria, 4th century, he was coming up with this idea. He was propagating, I should say, propagating this idea, and many people caught on to it. Uh, some big councils were set up to you know, combat it. Uh, but it's nothing new. It's nothing that just started happening in the last 100 years, 200 years. It's been around for a long time. What's interesting is that false doctrine has been all the way back towards the beginning. I mean, Paul was writing to these churches correcting false doctrine very soon after Jesus had ascended to heaven. And if there's false doctrine back then, imagine 2,000 years down the road, all the trouble that we have. And uh, something to consider. So as we look at the Holy Spirit uh, being deity, that the Holy Spirit is God, we must notice his divine nature. I'm sorry, his divine names. The Spirit is called God. I love using this point. If I was going... This would be one of the main points I was going, if I would go to, if I was discussing to somebody that the Holy Spirit um, is God, this would be one, one of the main ones I would go to. It says in Acts 5, uh, 3 and 4, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And of course, the next verse, it says, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. That's pretty clear to me. The Holy Spirit is God. Lied to the Holy Spirit, lied to God. The Spirit is also called Lord. We come to first, uh, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, 3.18. But we all are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So by his names, we see that he is God. The Spirit is equal with the Father and the Son. I think I was supposed to save that for a later date, so I'll talk about that later. I jumped that around about two hours ago and moved it down, so we'll, we'll get to it in just a minute. The Holy Spirit is God. The divine attributes of the Holy Spirit show that he is God. 
He is eternal. Now, I've listed quite a few uh, verses, and I didn't write them out just because I didn't want to bore you with a million, a million slides uh, about each one of these things. But the Holy Spirit is eternal, is omniscient, is omnipotent, is omnipresent. He is truth. He is sovereign. Some of the some of the verses, uh, the second one down, he is omniscient. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit Spirit searcheth all things. He knows all things. What's a great point about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit being equal with Jesus and equal with the Father, is that these attributes right here are attributes that are possessed of no other being or creature other than God. Look throughout the Scripture. No one else possesses these qualities. We can say, oh, well, there are some beings that are eternal. We would say we assume that angels are eternal. We assume that we're created and we are eternal. We are eternal in that sense, but we're not eternal that we've had no beginning and that we've had no end. And so each one of these attributes is, a court, is important to make note. And again, I'll be happy uh, to share these with you if you're really interested in getting all those uh, verses down, if you don't have time to write like a crazy person uh, to get them all. I'll be happy to give them to you. But they're good, and each one of them refer to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is actually, actually um, deity. So again, some actions that show that he is deity. He was the cause of the virgin birth. We know that. Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. He was an agent in giving the inspired scriptures, for the prophecy came out in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's important to make mention of this as well, that the Bible does not claim to be a book written by man. The Bible is claiming that the Holy Spirit, deity, a person, influenced and gave the writers exactly what they were supposed to get. We're not assuming and we're not going around telling other people that we are ascribing the Bible to be inspired. The Bible claims it for itself, which is highly important. Moving on. His actions show his deity. One more here. He was involved in the creation of the world. And we know this. Maybe one of the most common verses that everybody knows. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That word moved, uh, if you look it up, many different. Uh, it's referring to hovering over the surface. Um, but he was involved in the creation uh, of the world. And then this is the last section that I have here. And we'll be concluded and move on to the uh, prayer time. But his equality throughout Scripture, his equality with the Father and with the Son in different portions of Scripture, one of the best examples is in Matthew 28, 19, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Why is that important? Because I know God, and I know Jesus is not going to share a place with anybody else. That's not deity. That's not God. The fact that these three names are there together is vitally important and is great evidence that the Holy Spirit is on the exact same level as God the Father and God the Son. 2 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, and there are a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but the same God. Do you see it there? Spirit, Lord, God. 
They're equal. And then lastly, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. And so just because in a few places, the Holy Spirit isn't mentioned in that, does not really give evidence uh, that the Holy Spirit would not be considered deity and would not be considered uh, equally as important as the rest of the uh, Trinity. I know this is a lot of Bible, a lot of things to go over. Hopefully you got the main points. We went over those misconceptions, went over that, yes, the Holy Spirit's a person. And yes, the Holy Spirit is truly God. Uh, if it so happens that I teach another lesson in the near future, maybe we'll talk about the, the uh, function of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And then the function of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament because there was uh, differences between those two times. And it's pretty important, helps us to get a big picture of what God is doing. That's all I have for you. I'll pray, and then I'll turn it over to Pastor Bill for the prayer time. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for the few moments to go over some of these things about the Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you that we have a church that uh, appreciates and loves uh, the doctrines of the Bible, uh, that's not just concerned with uh, the frivolous things that uh, we often get focused on. Uh, but this is really good stuff uh, that Christians need to know. Help us to remember some of it. Uh, may you use us to share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.